good evening. Whenever you're joining us, welcome. This is the Appreciative Recovery Show. We believe that self-compassion, curiosity, and connection are foundational values that if cultivated as a daily practice, make any path toward wellness filled with joy and wonder. My name is Kelly Knox. I am the host of this show. Today, we will be talking about how cultivating these values as a leader of a community nonprofit can make that leadership transformational, both within the organization and within the community. Our guest today is Julie LaFontaine. She is the executive director of The Open Door in Gloucester. Julie is a self-described data junkie, kitchen maven DNA hunter, beachcomber, nonprofit executive, and writer. She has been the executive director of The Open Door for 16 years and involved with The Open Door for 20 years. A favorite quote of hers, penned by the author Neil Gaiman, is, I hope that in this year to come, you make mistakes. Because if you are making mistakes, then you are making new things, trying new things, learning, living, pushing yourself, changing your world. You're doing things you've never done before, and more importantly, you're doing something. I love that quote, Julie. Oh, it's great to be here, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, that quote um, really um, is a is a good reminder that um, you know if we're making mistakes, we're living and we're doing something right. Right, right. Yeah. Even when we're making mistakes, we're doing something correctly, right? So, um, as you know, appreciative recovery is about helping people to incorporate and cultivate self-compassion, curiosity, and connection in their lives, and. Um, can you talk to us just a little bit about how those three values play a role in your life and in your leadership role? Yeah, so um, I think that, you know, first and foremost, it's important to stay curious. Um, to, and I think the day that our curiosity goes is the day maybe we should, you know, hang up our running shoes. Um, but, um, you know, to, to stay curious uh, about um, life, stay curious about yourself, stay curious about things that you don't know, um, uh, I, I think that um, really play largely into leadership. It allows you to be very uh, focused um, um, uh, on what's in front of you, the people who are around you, um, and um, and I, I find them to be it, curiosity to be a valuable thing. Right, so, right. Yeah. How about um, connections, like with the your your staff, with people in the community? How important is that when and when you? Look at the leadership piece of yeah. it. Yeah, so um, it's interesting. A few years ago, I actually did a, a, one of those um, Gallup Strength Finder um, tests, and um, basically they operate on the premise that you know there are 32 strengths from which everyone operates. And mm -hmm. um, uh, but what the test will actually do is identify your top five. And uh, connectedness was in my top five, and it made sense to me when I saw that. And that's just, you know, understanding that the way we live our lives, how we interact with one another, um, uh, now, um, in the past, in the future, um, is all connected and it has an impact um, on community and those around you. And so, in terms of, of team and uh, leadership with uh, my role at The Open Door, um, I think that we spend time making sure that we are connecting around little things um, so that when the big things come along, we have you know, really a framework from which to work. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so the other the other piece of the the three triad that I like to talk about is self-compassion. Mm. How about talking a little bit about how self-compassion can play a role as a leader? Yeah, so I, I will say, Kelly, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I think that I have a lot of compassion for many things and many people, but I, I am not one of those uh, naturally, so I have to work at it. Um, and uh, but I think that um, it's become more clear to me over the years that you know people people look at how you um, interact with others, but how you are taking care of yourself as an indicator of of how you're doing. And so it's something that I have to keep coming back to, uh, working on daily. Um, I know that you know the show is appreciative recovery, and uh, the recovery world has some really great sayings. And the reason that they do is because they make sense and they work. And it's uh, something that I have been focusing on recently is, is that you know, we want to look for, for progress and not perfection. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you know, we can be really hard on ourselves when we're not producing that perfect piece that we want to produce or that perfect whatever. And, um, and really progress is the goal rather than perfection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the... Uh quotes on my website, on the Appreciative Recovery website, is if, I, I forget exactly how it goes, but if someone to, someone were to ask you to list uh, 10 things you loved, yeah. how, how um, would you make the list? Would you mm. make the list? And I thought, I, when I read that, I was like, I would never even have thought of putting myself on the list. So it is progress, not perfection, right? right? So um, let's see. What are um, some practices that you use to help keep some of these, the connection piece, the self-compassion? Self we talked a little bit about that, but are there any particular daily practices that you use to help cultivate not only these values, but other values mm. that you use as a leader? Well, I would say um, in a perfect world, um, when, when I'm doing things not, not perfectly necessarily, but making progress, um, is getting into a routine and keeping it. So for me, something that's really valuable is making sure that when I get up in the morning that I don't just dive into my email or, or the day and you know start working on projects or one more thing before I head into work, um, but actually spend some time um, in meditation or reflection uh, to do a reading. Um, um, uh, and I often find quotes that mean something to me from my reading. So I'll think about it and, and talk about it. And my husband and I actually um, have recently recommitted to uh, a time in the morning that we will actually sit together while we're having coffee and share something and talk about it. And, um, and just incorporating that meditation um, uh, and, and time to make sure that I'm feeding the soul before I jump into the day yeah. uh, makes a difference for me. Um, certainly there are times that we can't do that. And, um, and then, um, it, you know, you have to find other ways to make up for it. Um, but I'm always glad when I can kind of uh, return the ritual of return to something that I know is good for me. Right. So. Right. Yeah, re routine is a big one for me as well. What? Um, that's that's a great one right mm -hmm. there. Are there other routines that you sort of kind of fit in throughout your day that help you kind of reconnect yeah. with yourself? 
Um, well, a- another really centering thing um, that I do uh, have to remind myself to do, and it seems just so strange that we would need to remind ourselves to do it, and that is to breathe. Um, oftentimes when we get busy, we are going through the day from one thing to the next to the next, and I find I almost have this sense of holding my breath. I'm not actually taking a deep breath all the way. And so uh, I have found that I've actually stopped and um, close my eyes and take some really deep breaths. It helps center me when I don't have time to go take a walk or, or you know, this is just not a day that I can leave an hour early to mm-hmm. make sure that I do X, Y, or Z. Uh, it's a way to have a, a mini recharge right in the middle of your day. Yeah, I think that is a great advice. Some people, you know, it's so such a simple thing mm-hmm. and you think that you're breathing yeah but to actually take time to say am i breathing you realize you're not doing that deep breath yeah. that really connects you i find even as i'm sitting here with you i'm going oh i'm kind of holding my breath i'm going yeah. i start to take a few deeper breaths so yes yeah yeah um so speaking of busy you are truly one of the busier people that i know um, you lead the Open Door. You're um, the president of the Gloucester Rotary, I believe, this year, correct? That is correct. And yeah. um, you sit on a few boards, and I know at least one is in Boston. So, um, you know, breathing is one way that you stay present. What are other ways that you can stay present as you're running to all these different commitments? Yeah, I think one thing that's really helpful for me is to remember that there's always another day um, and um, that I don't have to finish everything in this day. I mean, clearly we have to meet deadlines and we have to make sure that things are on track and, and, and making progress. But um, in the world of nonprofit, there's always one more thing to do. Um, and it's good to just remember that it'll be there in the morning when, when you come back. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fully present, um, I've made up some rules for myself that I'll only be involved in a certain number of things. And so um, right now I'm, I'm kind of at the pinnacle of, of the very most things I can be committed to. Um, being the president of Rotary is something that uh, you actually get asked to do six years before you serve. You have plenty wow. of opportunity to ramp up to it. Um, they have a, this really great process for getting you ready to be president. So um, I'm thrilled to be serving my club and serving my community in this capacity, um, but I will be glad when it's done. Um, and as a good group, Rotary is a good group of people doing a lot of good in the community, and um, and they are a club that really, you know, they don't they don't need a lot from their president. They they you know they know what they're doing, and so um, I'm just checking in with them, and and stuff is moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah I have a great affinity myself for Rotary. One of I think their their major saying is service above self. That is correct, yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about service and the importance of that. Um, I mean, obviously, as a community leader, you're, you're a service person, right? right? So, right. But how important is service when it comes to um, leadership and how people mm. view you and what that means? Mm. Well, you know, um, I think that in this day and age, it becomes really important um, for you to find uh, common ground with people. Um, and uh, there, there are many places to disagree about things, but when it comes to community and when it comes to service, 
what we hold in common has to be greater than our differences. And um, I find that a lot with Rotary. It brings a, div a diverse group of people to the table, um, you know, different religions and political views and backgrounds. But when we come together, it's service above self and we're doing something for the community. Um, in terms of leadership, I think that it, um, it is important for um, people to see you giving back, um, but more so, more than having people see you do it, there's something that happens for me inside when I give back. And, and it kind of resets things in a way that makes me uh, prioritize properly, mm -hmm. uh, makes me remember what's most important, mm -hmm. um, and maybe the to-do list on my desk is not the most important <laughs> thing to do, um, but to actually, you know, get out and um, get involved. Um, for me, at the open door, there are times that I'm working uh, at my desk, but I can get up and walk back and go to the kitchen or walk through the dining room during a, a meal time and talk to people and connect and it reminds me this is this is community this is what matters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and the thread i hear underneath your words is sort of gratitude mm. i feel that essence from you yeah does it does it bring that up yeah so um i i do i feel a lot of um i feel a lot of gratitude um for life um uh you know, sometimes you get second chances for things. And, you know, so I, I feel like I'm in a, a place in my life that I really appreciate um, the, my community and the things around me. Sometimes when you go through a tough thing and you find your community by your side, that's a, you know, that's a good thing. Um, and um, I, I would say, yes, I, I do feel grateful. I do feel grateful. And, um, and when I find myself drifting towards wanting to be dissatisfied with something or upset by something or or just kind of like hold on to my, you know, my righteous indignation about something, um, if I can let go um, uh, and, and drop into a place of gratitude for whatever it is, um, I, I have a better mindset. So. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So before I really got to know you, we became Facebook friends. Oh yes, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. I love your Facebook posts. They're oh. very inspirational. And um, they're honest, they're authentic, and they express um, struggles of staying true to our values in daily living. Mm. So you're just sort of real um, on them. And that's, that's not an easy uh, quality to find in a person, let alone as a leader of, mm. of a community. So I really appreciate that about you. Um, one of our favorite authors, I believe, we have yes. this in common, is Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And she just recently came out with a new book, Dare to Lead. Have you read it yet? I have not read Dare to Lead yet, no. Do you know about it? I do, yeah. yes. So a quote from the book is, daring leaders who live into their values are never silent about hard things. So what does that quote mean to you? And um, what are the pros and cons of consulting your personal values when making decisions as a leader? Hmm. So, you know, I think one of the hardest things um, for all of us is to be vulnerable. And um, I think that's why we're drawn, so drawn to Brown's work is because it's all about vulnerability. And um, you can actually find strength in vulner your vulnerabilities. Um, I think that... Um, 
for me, I learn more from hearing about people's mistakes or where they haven't done something perfectly than I ever do about someone who did everything perfectly and made no mistakes. Is there such a person? You know, I, I really don't think there is, um, but there are different approaches to, to how you present uh, your leadership, how you present your life, how you present, you know, um, the struggles that are real. Um, and I think that people are helped more by seeing your imperfections than your perfections. Yeah. And I certainly have plenty of imperfections. I am not hiding, you know, even if I thought I was, I'm not hiding them from anyone. Right. Um, but to own them. I, there's some power in owning them and, and being who you are, uh, you know, uh, be, to be who you are and uh, to be real about it, to be honest about it. And, um, and, and then to just kind of endeavor to keep a tidy soul. And that is something that, you know, I work on. I, I find that there are times that I go along and everything is, you know, falls into place and it feels easy. And then I'm sure this happens to you too and, the, and to our listeners, but, um, you know, where everything goes hard, nothing goes easily. Um, so to, to name it, you know, to name it when it happens, yeah. go to someone and say, I'm not sure what's happening here, but this is, this feels hard. This feels wrong. Can we talk about it? Um, I find that I have more success with that than to, um, you know, um, not, not name it or to pretend that nothing is wrong. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. So speaking hard truths <laughs> is actually yeah. tidying your soul. I like right. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Let's see. Um, another community uh, leader that I admire, because I admire you, is um, Linda Cyrus. I think that's how you say her name. She's the executive director for Leap for Education. That's right. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I ran into her yesterday, and she was telling me about this project that she did. Um, she actually did it with a volunteer consultant. So um, she, they did a survey, and they surveyed the staff to learn what the staff thought about the culture mm -hmm. at Leap for Education. And um, I thought, wow, that is really courageous. Mm. And it really taps into the curiosity piece, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's courageous because you don't really know the answers you'll get. Right. And digesting answers that are difficult to hear are, um, you know, that's not easy. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you think about that um, process and and how that can help people grow as a leader like if you had done it if you did it with open door how would that help you grow as a leader how would that help the folks at open door grow or at any organization right right, right. yeah so i think you know one of the toughest things to do is to hold up a mirror and, and be willing to to you know look into it yeah. um and uh, certainly uh going out and surveying um or or a 360 um uh review sometimes can yeah. be that um it, it's it's takes courage and it makes you vulnerable because you don't necessarily know what people are going to say um but i, I do think that if you're willing to hear it um if, if you get some feedback that's not what you would hope for um if you're willing to get past the reaction of oh my gosh i hate i hate this or all the reasons that it might not be true right, right. um to say well what about it is true because someone thought it felt it added it to some feedback uh, what can i learn from this 
And, you know, I know in my own life and process, um, one thing about being a leader is that people are, are often not shy about telling you all the things that you should do. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, I have left myself open to that process because I always learn something, even if it's contrary to how I view it. If someone comes to me and says, well, you know, uh, one thing that you should think about is X, they're probably right. I should think about it because if they think I should, then there may be 10 other people who think it and I can be a better leader. I can be more informed. Um, It gives me something to be curious about. I'm curious about why you feel this way. Mm -hmm. How would you see this looking differently? Mm -hmm. Um, And and sometimes it it gives you the tools uh, to continue to uh, that process of learning and growing. So. And it offers the opportunity for um, real conversation too, because mm. you're 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 listening to what someone has to say. Right. You might not agree with it, and you might not make any changes based on it. Right. Because it might not be real for you. Right. But it's real for someone. Right. Yeah. Right. And, that, yeah. that goes into the whole connection piece, right? Doesn't that strengthen right. our connections? I think it does, and you know, I think you know, if we don't do that, whether it's, I mean, you asked the question specifically about leadership. Um, but as an organization, if you don't listen to what people are saying, uh, you're tone deaf, you're letting people know you're tone deaf, mm-hmm. and you're going to cut yourself out of something um, that might be good you know, for the organization and good for the community. So um, when it, even when it's hard, listen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, Open Door okay. and um, the holidays. Okay, so, you know, um, the Open Doors mission is to alleviate the impact of hunger in the community, and and, uh, we do that year-round, 365 days a year. We have several food pantries and mobile markets and summer meal programs, senior soup and salad. Um, Really, if it's about food, we're on it. Um, Last year, we served 7,747 unduplicated people uh, with with 1.8 pound uh, 1.8 million pounds of food and um i always like to just kind of put that in perspective because i don't say oh kelly i ate four and a half pounds of food yesterday <laughs> um uh, but i might say i ate three meals yesterday and so uh, to translate pounds into me- into meals uh, 1.8 million pounds of food is really 1.5 million meals or just over 1.5 million meals and so um you know it's work that we do year round, um, but we're coming up on our holiday season, and in particular around the holidays in Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving in November and the December holidays, we like to make sure that a family has all of the the items that they need to make a dinner at home. And um, the reason that we do that is um, that you know when you were growing up, you, you probably have. Uh, memories of your holidays around the table. Yeah, I can almost smell it now. Yes, in the recipes and the traditions. So by providing these items for someone to prepare in their own home, there's an opportunity to make those memories in the kitchen. You know, grandma teaching the granddaughter or grandson how to make an apple pie, and and you know, and then you sit down around the table. And when I was growing up, my dad always had to have Waldorf salad. That's the one with the the walnuts and the marshmallows and the grapes, and right. you know. But that was just something my mother always made and um, so uh, the open door um, really helps people put not only food on the table but make memories and reinforce traditions for families 
For November and December, we are uh, looking to provide 2,500 turkeys uh, and all of the fixings, uh, so for Thanksgiving and the December holidays. Um, and we really need some help getting that done. So if folks are, are looking for a way to, uh, to give back $30, a $30 donation at foodpantry.org, um, we'll provide a turkey and all of the fixings um, for six to eight people. Wow. And um, that's a way that people can get involved. And, um, and then we have some food drives coming up if people want to volunteer and help with that. So. So that's 2,500 families that you'll be helping, right? right? And, and 2,500 families who are going to connect around food and, and this holiday right. on tradition. That, that, yes, so, so it's, you know, it's more than food. Um, it, it's really strengthening families right. uh, and ultimately strengthening community. Right, right, so. right. So um, that's uh, wonderful. Is there anything that um, we haven't talked about in relation to authentic leadership, in relation to um, the open door, that um, you would like to our audience to know? Yeah. Well, I, I think that you know it's it's important to um, um, you know check in with yourself um, and um, and check in with each other. Sometimes accountability is good mm -hmm. to say, hey, how am I doing? Uh, you know, uh, um, amongst our leadership team at the Open Door, uh, we have some, we all have a, someone we're paired up with um, to, to do some check-ins with, um, you know, as we've made commitments around, you know, communication and other things. And, and uh, it, is, it is progress and not, not perfection. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, Julie. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, sure. So um, folks listening might not know this, but every year the Rotary um, International chooses a theme of the year. Mm -hmm. And this year's theme is Be the Inspiration. So I want to just say I can't think of a better person to lead the Rotary this year than you. Because you are an inspiration. Thank and you. I think a lot of our listeners will agree with that. Well, thank you. So I want to thank all of you for joining us today. And um, again, if you want to help out the Open Door during the holidays, you can go to the foodpantry.org and donate $30 for a holiday basket, which will provide a turkey and all the fixings for a family of six. Six to eight, I six think it'll eight. feed. Yeah. Six to eight people. That's a pretty good bargain there. And um, if you want to learn more about Appreciative Recovery, you can go to appreciativerecovery.org. And if you have any questions about the show, about The Open Door, you can email us at info at appreciativerecovery.org. And I'll forward that email off to Julie if it's about Open Door. And if it's about Appreciative Recovery, I will answer it for you. So thank you again. <laughs>